0: The sun went to shine And kissing
1: Thank you for that song. that was a blessing. That's a good song and a great message there. If we would only practice that and just it's amazing the things that we come up with to get worried about. and thank God uh, for that message in that song. But let's go ahead and go to the book of John this morning, John chapter 7 and verse 24. And I want to preach a message to you today that um, one that a lot of people would say, I should not preach. And the reason people would not want me to preach this message is because I don't have a right to because um, I am of the male gender, I'm a conservative, heterosexual, uh, you know, Christian, Uh, and so uh, people would say, you know, you're not allowed to preach this, but you know what, I know what the Bible teaches and so I can preach it if I want to, even though I'm a white, male, conservative, Christian, uh, you know that's married to a woman. I'm going to preach it anyway and I want to talk about how to handle being stereotyped. how to handle being stereotyped. And I want you all to learn from this too in case you ever get in case you ever get stereotyped, but to make sure you don't do this in a bad way to other people too. We've got to be careful with this. John chapter 7 verse 24 um, says, "Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment." Okay, And in this context of this verse here, we're not going to go into all the context, but this is more than just you know the physical appearance, but even just the appearance of the situation, the circumstances surrounding. We need to make sure that when we judge, we judge righteously. That we are right in the judgments that we make. But unfortunately, many times we do. We just kind of look at the surface. We look at the appearance and we make judgments that are false. And that's not good. That is never good. And what kind of brought this message to my mind? I kind of got stereotyped this week, and this uh, Thursday night, thir- thir- I got up at two thirty in the morning on Thursday, you know, to go to work, and I'd been up for a very long time, and it was about six thirty, and I'm just laying down to go to bed, and I'm giving all these details are important for a reason, but I'm laying down to go to sleep, and then all of a sudden, you know, when you have a house full of kids, there's Catastrophes that happen uh, pretty occasionally, but all of a sudden I start hearing these screams and wails and cries, and you know, and then I hear my wife panicking, and it turns out Allie has stepped on some broken glass and she's cut her foot real bad. If you see her limping around, uh, that was what happened, and so uh, you know it was pretty bad. So we had to take her to the hospital and go get her, uh, get her some stitches. She got seven stitches there in her foot, and so any, but we're at the hospital, and I was getting ready to go to bed. Okay, so. I'm wearing these really crummy warm-up pants that have a hole in them. I'm wearing a junky T-shirt. I had just taken a shower, but you know I didn't really do anything with the hair. I'm going to bed, okay? So um, you know I had my glasses on and had my contacts in. I looked really bad when we went. I, and I had these mismatched socks on, you know that you know that were actually the boys. You know I, I had to hurry up. And so you know we go into the, We go into the hospital. We get her in there. And I go to the hospital all the time. I mean i'm all I, I, I'm always there visiting people in the hospital, and everybody's always real nice and i go I go wherever I want to in the hospital, and nobody usually asks me questions, but i I'm not usually in the emergency room area and so I went in I got treated completely different when I was at the hospital that night than I normally do when I'm there i I don't really know where I was going. I tried going in this wrong door, and this lady stopped me, and she just treated me like I was, you know, some crook trying to do something I wasn't supposed to and you know, she thought I was a low life. And then I went to this other spot and if you go in the emergency room, you know there's the one door that they take you through and then right around from there is the one that you're supposed to go through, I guess. I mean, they, there's no difference. They go to the same spot, but I tried going through the one that we had originally gone through, but I didn't have a doctor or anything with me so I was supposed to do that. So I got yelled at again and just kind of treated disrespectfully. And so finally, I got back to the room, and people were looking at me funny. And I was like, I told my wife, "It's like I'm getting treated like a lowlife around here." I was like, and "She's like, well, you do. You look terrible." And you know, she was like getting on to how I look. And I said, "I was going to bed. I didn't know we were coming to the hospital. I, you know, I wasn't prepared for this. And I was sitting there. I was getting thirsty, and I wanted a soda. And she was still dressed nice and everything. She hadn't changed or anything." And so I was like, you need to go to the soda machine and get me a soda. I ain't going out there. I don't like the way these people are looking at me. I don't like the way I'm getting treated. And so, you know, and she went out and she went to the soda machine got me a soda. And I just stayed in there. And I just happened, and, you know, uh, on the television in there, President Obama was on there doing one of those town hall things that he's doing. And he was talking about times when he had been stereotyped and he's telling this story about how you know there was a time that he was on an elevator in his grandparents apartment and a lady didn't want to get in the elevator you know and he assumed it was because he was black and she you know stereotyped him and got nervous and i'm sitting there thinking yeah i know how you feel right now i'm getting i'm getting stereotyped with some uh people that i don't you know (laughs) and you know and, and it wasn't any fun. And my wife's like, "Well, you know, you need to tell people that." You know, I was like, "I'm not going to explain my situation to everybody." You know, I was like, "I'm not going to put a sign on my shirt saying you know, I'm dressed this way." You know, and, cause, and and I did. I looked terrible. I was tired. I was really tired. I had to get up again at two thirty the next morning, and I did. I looked like a train wreck, and I, I got treated. I probably, you know, my eyes were tired. I probably looked like I was on drugs, and people were treating me like I was on drugs. I mean, it was. I didn't appreciate it very much. I, did, I didn't like it. And I got to thinking about, you know people that maybe get that a lot more. You know there are I mean, uh, like I said, I don't get that a whole lot, but you know, I could see where, especially minorities, they probably get that more than other people, where people they look at them and they judge them just based on the surface. Based on what they're seeing, and they get it wrong. And I said, I've been there before. When I was a teenager, I was a pretty mature teenager. I was somebody, you know. I stayed out of trouble. I didn't do. I wasn't doing a lot of the bad things that a lot of people my age did. But it was like people a lot of times they would see a teenager, and they would, you know, just assume certain things about you. The first time I ever got pulled over, and gotta take it. It was it was late on a Friday night. And I'll never forget this too because it was late on a Friday night and I was coming back from a camp meeting we went to. So I had been at church and thankfully I was wearing a suit and tie. My sisters were with me and they were dressed up. They were wearing dresses and I but I remember I got pulled over. It was late at night. It was in the small town. I had been barreling about 44 miles an hour, but it was in a 25. And so I, and I get pulled over. So this policeman you know, he's checked my license plate. He's seen who the car is registered to. He's like, oh, this is a 19 year old, you know, out late on a Friday night. He can see my car. He can see there's a couple of girls in there. This guy's probably been out partying. The guy's probably been drinking. And that policeman, man, he just walked right up, showing that flashlight like, right in my face. Like, what do you think you're doing? You know, and I got treated bad. I mean, just boom. But after he talked to me, after he looked at me, saw how I was dressed, you know, so, so I was going, you know, he got a little more respectful. I still got a ticket, but you know, I before he had even seen me, he had already kind of—I know he had already assumed some things about me that weren't right, that weren't correct. And let me tell you, that is no fun when that happens. We see in the Bible we are not to be a respecter of persons. We're not supposed to treat other people different based on you know outward things. Deuteronomy one sixteen says, and I charged. Your judges at that time saying, hear the causes between your brethren and judge righteously between every man and his brother and the stranger that is with them. You treat your people fair, but even if it's a stranger, someone from another country, you treat them fair. You judge righteous judgment. Ye shall not respect persons in judgment. But ye shall hear the small as well as the great. Ye shall not be afraid of the face of man. For the judgment is God's and the cause that is too hard for you, bring it unto Me and I will hear it. God made it very clear. I want your judges to judge righteously. You do not be a respecter of person. It doesn't matter if they are a nobody or it doesn't matter if they are of great importance. You do it the same all the way across. And let me tell you, we don't see that in our country today. We see that it does make a difference how much money that you have when it comes to our court system. You know, if you can't afford the dream team of lawyers, you know, like OJ Simpson, you know, there's a good chance you might not get off. We see people, they're getting hung all the time and getting found guilty in the court of public opinion and it's affecting the judges. It affects the juries. When we see that if they're a nobody, they'll rush these things through real quick. But if it's a high profile person, they'll drag those things out forever, making sure they're doing everything right. And we ought to be ashamed of that as a country that our government does that type of thing and that our court system works the way it does. Our Constitution, it guarantees a uh, speedy trial by a jury of their peers, but we'll, people will sit in jail for months and months that are sometimes innocent waiting you know, to prove while they're, they're supposed to be proving that they're guilty. And they're already sitting in jail while they're spending a fortune, ruining themselves financially so they can prove themselves innocent. Not only is that not biblical, that's not even constitutional, but once again, we see that type of thing going on. And God hates that. We should not be a respecter of person. Deuteronomy 16, verse 18 says, Judges and officers shalt thou make in all thy gates which the Lord thy God giveth thee throughout thy tribes, and they shall judge the people with just judgment. Thou shalt not rest judgment. Thou shalt not respect persons, neither take a gift. For a gift doth blind the eyes of the wise and pervert the words of the righteous. We see once again that just judgment. Don't take a gift or don't take a bribe. Don't let anything affect your judgment. And I know none of us in here today are judges in the sense you know, we're not an official judge. We don't have the ability to throw someone in jail. But the truth is we all judge situations. We all make judgments every day, and when you make a judgment that a, that is wrong with somebody, it, it hurts them. Okay, when you've been misjudged, it didn't make you feel good, did it? You know, it hurt you. know, it hurts. We don't like we don't like it. None of us like it. None of us want it. But yet, sometimes we do it to people all the time, and God hates that. Proverbs seventeen verse fifteen: He that justifieth the wicked and he that condemneth the just. Even they both are abomination to the Lord. Okay? And whenever something's called an abomination, well, that's not good. You don't want to be in the company with those people. We see some pretty sorry people. The Bible calls what they do an abomination. And someone who says that the wicked is just, and one who pronounces judgment or uh, you know, guilt on the innocent, that is an abomination to God. God loves just weights, just balances. God loves fairness. He loves that type of thing. And when we misjudge, folks, that you know, so it, it, we ought to take it seriously. We ought to be careful not not to do that type of thing. And I, and I you know sometimes I like to do things to have fun. I think we my wife she's a lot more sensitive um, concerning. I'm trying to find out how do I put this without getting myself in trouble. But you know, my wife, she was especially when we got married. She was a lot more politically correct than I was. And sometimes what I would like to do, just to aggravate her, okay? I don't really feel this way. But if we were ever somewhere and you know you saw people that looked a certain way, you know, walking around your vehicle, I would always click the lock thing on the car, even though it was already locked. I just I just do that because here's the thing too one thing i do and this might be terrible but i do it is i like to say the things that i know everybody's thinking okay because you know what we do we all have some prejudice Let's, let's just admit it. we all have certain prejudice that's there. We hate that it's there. We try to deny that it's there. But you know what? It's there. Let's just go ahead and come out and admit it. Listen, you know, we get mad all the time when the when the black folks are out there saying that, you know, white people, they have prejudice. It's bread in them. It's there. And we get all mad. And say, No, I'm not. No, it's it's true, folks. Okay? It's there. Stop denying it. And so sometimes when there's a situation, and I know what's popping into everybody's head, you're all made out of the same flesh I'm made out of. I'll just go ahead and say what everybody's thinking. Even though I know it's wrong, even though I don't mean it, even though I would never hold certain things against people, I love to do it just to make everybody uncomfortable. It is hilarious watching people's faces when you do that. And I know that's probably wrong. I'm confessing my sins to you right now. But it is one of my... Uh, ways of entertaining myself, <laughs> and so, um, but yeah, I but I don't, you know, I'm I'm not going to hold things against people because of that, and so you know we've got we've got to be careful with that type of thing, and I think it's important sometimes too that we do admit that maybe we have some of these problems, that we admit to ourselves that we have these prejudices that in our in ourselves. That way, you know, we can make the effort. To you know, to fix it and to not misjudge people, you know, and understand that you know I naturally am inclined to thinking this way, to acting this way, and so I've got to make an effort not to do it. And I and I think we hurt ourselves by denying and you know the fact that we have these or just lying to ourselves. I don't think we're helping the situation one bit. But you know, as Christians, we need to do everything we can not to be guilty of this. Look at James chapter two. James chapter two. And verse one says, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect unto him that weareth the gay clothing, and that's not talking about the guy that's wearing the skinny jeans and the pink shirt and all that. You know, it's talking about, you know, bright or happy rich clothing. The guy that the gay clothing and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which He hath promised to them that love Him? But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worldly name or worthy name by which ye are called. If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. Okay? So, right here, some pretty strong language. Don't do that. Okay? And I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, we've got to be careful of that. That, that could happen. Let, let's just admit it. Okay let's get honest right now. let me make everybody uncomfortable. You know you see that family come in and visit, and they're all dressed nice. They come up in the nice car, look like they got money, oh man, you know hey they can you know they, they can help us raise money for things but but then that poor person that comes in, maybe they smell bad, maybe they look bad oh, you know, they're probably on drugs, they're probably just here wanting money, okay, and, and we've had those people come in before uh, we've had people come in before that they came in, and i, I my first thought was they're going to ask for money. And that's terrible. You know, I, I profiled them. I stereotyped them. And then after the service, you know what they did? They asked for money. <laughs> and, and, and I hate that I even think that. I do. I hate that. But we do sometimes and we need to admit that. We need to understand that that's a sin and we've got to make sure that we, make, that we do not show partiality. We need to make sure that we are fair. That we welcome them just as much as you would the rich people. In fact, you know, the truth is, rich people can be some of the biggest trouble in church a lot of times. You know, and we but we don't want to misjudge them either. Oh, because they're rich, they're going to want to give and they're going to want to run the church. Oh, you know, we all we all do these things. And it's wrong. We ought to hate that. We ought to fight against it. We ought to we got to we got to be careful. But in the end, okay? While we all hate stereotyping, while we hate it if it happens to us, while we don't want to do it to other people, in the end we've got to understand it's going to happen because man can only see the outward. You know, it was funny because, like, some, you know, my wife she kept, you know, telling me, you know, you you, you should have done this. You need to explain. You know, you need to explain. To people, and she was like trying to let people know, like when the doctor, the nurses in there, you know, mentioned the fact that I had been up since two thirty because I go to work, I have a job, even though I look like I, you know, don't have a job. You know, he, you know, he's getting up, he has to get up at two thirty again because he's got to go to work. And she had mentioned that after she had said that, they they seemed to act differently towards me. And I just told her, I so, said, you know what? I said, I'm not going to worry about explaining this to people because people are going to think what people think you You can't change that, and the truth is, I look terrible, and people are going to think they're going to think bad because man's only capable of seeing the outward. that's that's all they can see. And I have nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing wrong with dressing like a slob when you go to bed. Nothing wrong with that. you know, and I was going to bed and an emergency happened. I didn't have time to fix myself up. To take my daughter, that's bleeding, to the hospital, and so I was like, I don't care. I didn't do nothing wrong. I know we have to have a good testimony or thing, but I didn't sin at all. And so people can think whatever they want to, but man can—that's all man can do. And in First Samuel chapter sixteen, and verse one it says, "The Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul? Seeing I have rejected him from reigning.'" over Israel, but fill thine horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Now understand, with Saul, it was not God's will for them to have a king. It was the will of the people to have a king. And so God gave them what they wanted. God told Samuel, give the people what they want. And did you know that King Saul was exactly what everyone would want in a king? He fit the profile. He was head and shoulders above everyone else. He was a tall man. He was a mighty man. He was a good-looking man. I mean, he had everything going for him as far as appearance went. He was a king that you would look at and you could be proud of. Look at our king. He's not somebody that you want to mess with. That is our king. Everyone was proud of that king. He had everything going for him in the appearance, but we know that Saul did not have a very good heart. And so Saul, he, was, he ended up being king a total of 40 years. And he was a bad king. He was exactly what people wanted. He fit everything outwardly that people would want. But God, after 40 years, said, you know what? Now we're going to get the king that I want. We're going to get a king that has the right kind of heart. And look at verse 2. Samuel, he hasn't learned this lesson yet. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears, it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, take the heifer with me. And I shall come to sacrifice to the Lord and call Jesse to the sacrifice. And I will show thee what thou shalt do, and thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I name unto thee. So he hasn't told him who it's going to be yet. And so Samuel did that which the Lord spake and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons, and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Eliab fit the profile. Eliab had the looks. You could tell by looking at him he was a mighty man. That he was a strong man. This guy has got to be the king. And what was he looking at? He was looking at the only thing that man can see. He was looking at the outward But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature. People, you know, you shouldn't look, judge people by their height. Okay? Amen. I'm not the tallest person in the world, and so you know what? Hey, I I don't want to get discriminated against, You don't look at the height of their stature or on their countenance, on their appearance. Yeah, I'm going bald. Yeah, you know, yeah, I wish I I would have the white hair. I'd look a lot more wise if I had that. But you know what? Y'all shouldn't judge on the appearance, folks. Okay, I might look dumb, but it doesn't mean I am dumb. Alright? So y'all remember that. Uh, but anyway, because I have refused him, for the Lord seeth not as man. Okay? For the Lord looketh on the outward appearance, or the man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Okay? And people love that part. God looks on the heart. But man, they can only see the outside. That's all man can see. When man, when they look at you, they don't know what you've been through, they don't know your circumstances, they don't know what is going on. Okay, and so because of that, people are going to judge things wrong all the time. Okay, I got, I, I've been misjudged. I have misjudged other people, and listen, when you when you get misjudged, it hurts. It hurts. Nobody likes it. Nobody wants it. But we've got to make sure we're at least not guilty of doing it. And it's very clear in the Scripture that people should not judge others based on appearance. It's very clear in the Scriptures that everyone should be fair and impartial. They should be righteous in how they judge everything. But you know what? Now I want to talk about what to do when you do get misjudged. Because let's just be honest. The world doesn't do it at all right, do they? The world is not fair in how they judge. So what can you do when you're judged in an unfair manner? What are you going to do when you get stereotyped, when somebody misjudges you, when maybe you're in a situation that appears bad, that appears like the wrong thing to do? My dad tells a story. I'll steal one of my dad's stories where we'd been having problems at my dad's church where people there was vandalism, people coming in there, you know, busting windows and stuff. And so my dad had been setting up... a Video camera, so he could try to you know catch these people who were doing it. And so one night he got a call from somebody who drove by the church late at night and had seen somebody out there. And he came and he picked my dad up and drove him to church. My dad had been in bed, and so my dad, you know, he just you know he jumps out of bed wearing his clothes he was wearing in bed. He grabs a gun and didn't grab his wallet or anything. And so finally they got there to the church. The people are gone, and so he finally he's like well i want to check the camera and so he didn't have keys or anything to get in the church so he's opening that window and he's reaching in the window trying to get the camera and then a policeman shows up now you know that looks bad doesn't it now thankfully you know that was one of the good cops that didn't just start shooting right away okay i mean he he didn't do that and then you know my you know he you know, my dad he's, he's got that gun and you know what police do when they see guns these days. We have been you know, we've been seeing that. this was a long time ago, they weren't as bad about it back then. But my dad, he like you know, the police couldn't see and he like took the gun, and he threw it inside he threw it inside the office, and then uh, you know, then the policeman, you know, talking to me like, What are you doing? He told me he was a pastor and everything, and he's like, Well, can I see some ID? Well he didn't have any ID. But thankfully there was the other guy there that was a member of the church, he had his ID and all that, and you know, they explained what was going on and he judged Righteously, and didn't take them to jail, and didn't shoot them or tase them. I didn't have tasers back then, I don't think. It didn't do any of those things like that to them. But it did. It looked, it, it looked really bad. And so, but you know, a lot of times you do, you get misjudged. One thing I'm going to, I'm going to have this conversation with my boys when you know they're getting, Tommy's getting close to getting his learner's permit. And if you're a 16 year old boy driving. And you get pulled over, that policeman is going to assume some things about you. If you're 16 years old driving, they're going to assume you're stupid. Okay, and uh, and so there's things that I'm going to teach him to do to help him in that situation, so you know he doesn't become a victim of police brutality or you know unjust hazing or anything like that. There are things that we need to do, but one thing we got to do whenever we're treated unfair, First Peter chapter two. Verse 11, turn over there. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11. And you might not like this, but I'm going to tell you, this is what people need to do when they're treated unfairly. Sometimes you just need to deal with it. Verse 11, "...Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers..." They may, by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. We sometimes get accused of being the bad guys when we're not. But you know what we've got to do? We've got to be an example. It doesn't say go, you know, and fight them and argue with them and, you know, tell them your side of the story. No, let them observe your good works. Most people, you know, they, they just judge quick. Okay? And when you do it quick, you get it wrong. It takes time. But then, one of the things that we have to do to help us, okay? Because sometimes we do. We get accused of being the bad guys. And I don't like this next verse, okay? I wish I was one of these people that used other Bible versions because I'm sure I can find one that this one has gotten taken out of or switched to my liking. But you know, I'm a guy who believes in the final authority of the Bible. And it says, "...submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the King as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by Him for the punishment of evildoers, for the praise of them that do well." For so is the will of God that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. You see that? We need to obey the laws so all these people that are misjudging, that are just ignorant, that don't know what they're talking about, we can shut them up. We've got to do it by good works, by following the law. We'll get accused of being the bad guys sometimes. Verse 16, is free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness but as the servants of God. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the King. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. For this is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. You all see that? We are honoring God when we suffer in an unfair way. And we take it patiently. Now I know you don't like that. I don't like it either. I'd rather fight these things. I'd rather make things fair. I'd I'd rather put people in their place. I'd rather sue them. You know, get something out of it. But but verse twenty says, "For what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults ye shall take it patiently? But if when ye do well suffer for it ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. If you take your punishment fair, you know." You just deal with it. When you've done wrong, Bible says there's nothing to brag about there. Okay. If I go and I pay my seventy-five dollar ticket, like I did when I got that ticket, okay. I I did. I went. I, I paid the ticket right away. I paid it. Guess what? I don't get no extra, you know, rewards from God for that. I suffered, but I deserved it. Okay. But if I suffer wrongfully. And I take it. And I have a good attitude about it. And I accept it. The Bible says that God is that is acceptable to God. God is pleased with that. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow His steps who did no sin. Neither was guile found in His mouth, who when He was reviled, reviled not again. I would rather argue. I, I would, folks. I can argue, you know, I can argue till the cows come home. I'd I love to do it. I'd love to just, you know, argue with the policeman or whoever. I, I Sometimes I'd like to go to court and just, you know, I think I can out argue some lawyers. I think I could, you know. But you know what? That's not what Jesus did. You know, he's he when he suffered, he threatened not. Come on, I, I can't even, you know, I, you know. Tell the policeman, I'm going to be praying God's wrath upon you. What's he going to do with that? You know, that's not really a threat, but it is a threat. You know, right? you know, no, I don't get to do that. Jesus didn't do that. He, but what did He do? He committed Himself to Him that judgeth righteously. You know what He said? I'm giving this to God. He judges righteously. And when you get treated unfair, as tempting as it is to want to go put these people in their place to prove yourself right, you know what? Give it to God who judges righteously. People aren't going to get it right. People can only see the outward, but God can get it right. But you know, most of us, we don't have enough faith to believe that God can make it right. Listen, if that guy deserves to get punched in the nose, man, I want to be the one to do it. I want to administer justice. I want to do that, but you know what? God told me not to do that. I need to just give it over to God. You know, Lord, this is for you to deal with. You know, Lord, I need you to take care of this. Oh, we need to fight for our rights. You know, we need to have marches. We need to have protests. You know, we got to go out there and get righteous judgment. You know, the Bible says this is talking about for us as believers that we give this to God. They're going to try to speak against us as evildoers, but you know what? We're just going to keep on doing the right thing and do like Jesus did, and let Him make things right. And too many people today are just too anxious. They're they're always trying to get, you know, perfection from the government and everyone else, and they're they're, they're incapable of getting it right. You know, every time, every time the world and the government tries to do something to make things more fair, they make it worse, don't they? They're always trying to you know, do these, you know, they're always calling it fair this, fair that, you know, talking about fairness. And they make it worse every time. They're incapable of it. But God is capable of it. We need to stop, turn to the government, and turn to God for these things. And so, one thing if you do, if you get stereotyped, if you get misjudged, just deal with it. Okay, It stinks, but just give it over to God do follow the example of Jesus read 1st Peter chapter 2 memorize it if you have to don't revile again follow the example that Jesus did but then secondly you need to understand your actions and your appearance always will associate you with something hey Philippians 2:14 do all things without murmurings and disputings that ye may be blameless and harmless the sons of god without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Okay, you all see that? And I believe that we live in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Okay, you can't trust too many people out there. It is getting dangerous out there. I thank God that I'm not a police officer today. I mean, the pressure that they are under right now, I mean, it's dangerous for them. You know, you've got these you know, policemen protecting people's rights to protest and getting shot. You know, that that's crazy. That's ridiculous. I would hate to be the one doing that. We've heard some of the stories recently about the things that have happened and I'm going to tell you right now I do I I don't envy their position, but we've got to, we've got to, so we have to understand that because we dwell in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation that we have to make an extra effort to separate ourselves from them. Okay, we've got guys that dress up like gangsters that maybe aren't gangsters, but then they wonder why they get treated like gangsters. Well, I'm sorry, you dress like that, people are going to think things about you. I was dressed like a low life the other night. I got treated like a low life. And you, if you, do, you dress a certain way, people are going to treat you in a certain way. And so if you don't want that, you're going to have to do something to set yourself apart. Because we do. We live in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. It would think I would hate being a Muslim flying on an airplane and having everybody stare at me. But you know, a lot of them had to deal with it. You know, we heard the stories after nine eleven about, you know, a lot of these Muslim people that were just getting dirty looks by everybody, you know, they'd get up and go to the bathroom and everybody's watching them. And these people they wouldn't even think about blowing up a plane. Sometimes these people weren't even Muslim, they just kind of looked like Muslims. They were dark skinned people, and everybody's getting nervous about them. Why? Because they're judging the outward, and they hated that. They hated it. And and I can understand that. I can understand people feeling that way. You know one thing I hate? I hate when I go out knocking doors, and people just assume I'm a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon. And I get treated like garbage because of it. Because the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons, they've drove everybody nuts. They've made everybody, you know, they've made. People who knock doors look like a bunch of weirdos and, every, and annoying people, and people hate them, and it makes me mad. Sometimes I just want to wear a shirt t-shirt that says, "I am not a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon. I am a Baptist. I am not annoying. I am not a member of a cult. If you ask me to leave, I will leave you alone." You know, I. But you know that'd be overdoing it a little bit there. But I don't like it when I get treated that way. I went to the house one time here in Rock Falls, and the guy opened the door and he just looked at us. And he gave us that look, like, you know, speak carefully. And I just, I just said, hey, we're from Liberty Baptist Church. And he, oh, I thought you were Mormons. And we were, I was with another guy, we were wearing ties. And then we talked to him for a while, I had a good visit. And then when we were leaving, he was like, hey, I got a tip for you guys. Lose the ties, you look like Mormons. <laughs> and I just said, hey we were dressing like this before the Mormons were ever around. <laughs> and you know, we were. We were knocking doors before Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses were around. But you know what? Sadly, they're the ones that are doing all that. And so, people associate us with them. They should be associating them with Baptists. But unfortunately, we've let that go over to them. But you know what? Who are all the people that are doing terrorist attacks right now? Well, it's usually Muslims, isn't it? And so... They, the Muslim people need to understand that okay, if you dress like those people, if you worship the same God as those people, people are going to assume that. They're going, they're going to think that way and you are going to have to make an extra effort to stand out. Most teenage drivers are completely stupid. And so I'm going to, I'm going to teach my boys when they get a driver's license, if you get pulled over, you know, here is how you need to act. You need to treat that officer with a great deal of respect. You need, you need to answer, yes sir. You need to be polite. And you know what? It's probably going to help if you guys don't dress like thugs when you're out and about. You know, you've got, you've got to think about those things because most teenagers are complete fools and so you're going to have to do something to stand out. You're going to have to do something to show that you're different. And we've got to understand, you know, even you know, dressing nice. You know, we've had people ask, "Oh, are you Pentecostals?" No. People ever ask the Pentecostals if they're Baptists? Uh, you know, I don't. But they, they they associate. They're judging you based on appearance. And so, you've got to ask yourself, what is my, you know, the, my appearance, my actions? What does this associate me with? And we've got to understand that sometimes our society, our culture, is guilty of some things, and so we've got to we've got to understand what they're dealing with. Okay, you know, policemen—they got to deal with a lot of junk. I've got, to, and so I've got to understand that that you know, most of the people that they pull over probably act like idiots. They probably give them a hard time. Probably treat them like dirt. You know what? Maybe if I don't want to get treated the same way those people do, I better act a little different. Maybe I better be respectful. Maybe I better, you know, just you know, you know, watch, watch myself. So understand. And then quickly, I need to go through these, but recognize the fact, you know, just recognize the fact that there are flaws in who you're associated with, and don't take it personal. Okay, you know, I so said with the teenage drivers, you know, Baptists. Some, there's some Baptists out there that have bad names, that have bad testimonies, and people might try to associate us with them. And you know what? Our group's not perfect. And sometimes I get why people think the things that they do. I, I understand why some people assume certain things about our church before they've ever even visited You know how many people have made judgments about our church and have never even walked through the doors of this church? You're like, why would they do that? That's not right. That's not fair. No, it's not. But they're going to do that. They're judging us based off another church that they heard about. or one they've been Or maybe they're judging our church based off of gossip or rumors. That's not fair, but people do that. So what do we have to do? We have to shine as lights. We've got to be different. Understand the fact man can only see the outside. Or understand the fact man can only see the outside. And as a result, you may be a victim of being treated in an unjust manner. You've got to ask yourself certain things if they're really necessary. Do I need to dress like a punk? Do I need to do that? You know, your daughter ought to be able to walk down the street at night, dressed immodestly and ought nothing should happen to her. But could something happen to her? Very, very possibly. And it's very likely to happen in our society. So you know what? You know maybe she doesn't need to go walking down the street at night, dressed in an in immodest a way. because this world's not perfect, folks. You know, Nobody should get treated in an unjust manner. Nobody should get profiled wrongly. But it's going to happen, so you've got to ask yourself certain questions. Do I need to do certain things? Do I understand we've got some rights. We have some constitutional rights. But there are some things, do I really need to do them? Is it beneficial for me to do that? Or am I just causing trouble? Am I just asking for trouble? Do I really need to be arguing with police all the time about certain things? I under, I should understand what they're dealing with. And... You know, understanding what the kind of thing they have to deal with, you know, maybe I just cooperate. I don't know. I'm all for standing up for constitutional rights. I'm all for that. But you know, we've got to ask ourselves. You know, do, do I want to get shot for it? Do I feel like getting tased today? I think I'd rather skip that. <laughs> I'd rather skip that today. But you know, do do I want or do I want to take this opportunity to exercise my constitutional rights, or do I want to be the bigger person and recognize that? What I'm expecting the authorities to do is a pretty big job, and maybe just try to help them out a little bit, and you know and also does it really matter when someone is guilty of being wrong and what they think about me did it you know did it affect my life in a negative way? Oh, did you see the way that person looked at me? Okay, should I go to Congress and they start passing a law against making dirty looks at people just because of their you know, race or gender or. You no, know, you know what? What if, what if you get called a name? Oh, this person, you know, they called me this. Oh, well, we've got to ban that word. We've got to fight against that word. We've got to stop. They called you a name. Yeah, it hurts. It doesn't feel good. But you know what? You know, do I really want to take this person to court over it? Do I really want to call the cops? Because, because they used a racial slur or something like that? I mean, th- did it really affect my life in a negative way? And you know, What can I really do about it? What can you do to change the minds of people? People are going to think what people want to think. People are going to make judgments based on their own experience. If people have it in their head that Baptists are the worst people in the world, you know, they're, and they're going to look at us and maybe sneer when we come to the door. Oh, I have a right. I demand the right to come into your house and explain my ways and explain my thing, because you are wrong in your judgment of me, and I have a right to make you think the right thing, or at least get a chance. No, you know, you just have to walk away and go on your way, being called things that maybe you shouldn't have been called, being treated in an unjust way. That's just life, folks. And it's not fun being treated in an unfair way. It can hurt deeply. But you know what? Congress has proved that they are only capable of making things worse And when they try to make things fair. The world will always call on the government when they're not treated right. But as Christians, why don't we get in the habit of calling on God who judges righteously? Let's commit ourselves to Him. Let's commit the situation to Him. I don't want to go to the unjust judges here in town. I would to just take it to God. Lord, I wasn't treated fair in this situation. Lord, these people didn't give me a job for me, maybe because, you know, I'm a Christian or what I might think that. It might be right. It might not be right. You know, they won't hire me because of my race. Why don't we just take those things to God? And maybe if we would do that, He'd give us something better. He'd take care of us. And we we are being trained in our society today by the world you know when something's unfair you know call a lawyer call the cops i mean people have people have called the police because they got their order wrong in a drive through i've listened to the 911 calls they have called 911 because somebody got their order wrong in a drive through and they wouldn't fix it i know that might seem it's happened more and more and <laughs> It's ridiculous. It's out of control. We shouldn't be that way. And so, when you're treated unfairly, just learn from these things and just give it to God. And That's the only thing you can do. So with that, let's all stand together.